so busy these days. It's really difficult to get in touch with you. I guess you have a lot going on. Those were the words spoken to me by one of my closest friends last week as we sat watching our children do endless cannonballs in my mom's swimming pool. I must admit that we were only together that day because my friend had sent me a text message early that morning. Are you here? My heart started pounding. How did she know? I was there in Atlanta visiting my family and I had been so busy that I neglected to tell my friends that I was coming. And then once I got there, I thought, well, they're busy too. They have families, they have jobs, they have other commitments. I won't bother them. But that morning, my friend, and I don't know how, had some sense that I might be around, and she sent me a text. And she made it a priority to get together. Her house is over an hour from where my mom lives, almost as far away as you can be and still be considered in Metro Atlanta. But she packed up her children, jumped in her car, and drove over to come visit me. I'm actually very glad that she came. We sat and talked for hours. We caught up on love, marriage, faith, work, our crazy days as freshman roommates in college, stories that I'll never tell you. (laughs) It was one of the best moments that I've had in a long time. And if it had not been for her persistence, I would have missed that moment. That's what happens, or nearly happens, to Martha in today's Gospel reading. She almost missed the moment. While Jesus was visiting her home, Martha became frustrated from doing all the work of preparing for her guests. And as you heard Stephen read, Martha asked Jesus, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work? Instead of having her back, like Martha expected, Jesus actually rebuked her and said that there was only need of one thing and that Mary had chosen the better part. We don't hear anything else from Martha in this text, but I imagine that Jesus' response didn't make her feel better, at least not in the short term. She may have walked away, if not saying anything aloud, thinking in her mind, who does he think he is anyway? That Jesus... I'm guessing that there are many of you who, like Martha, recognize when tasks need to be done and you jump in and you do them. Some of you can't sit idly by with work to be done and without seeing that somebody is doing it. And then there are those of us who are more like Mary. We're happy to sit and engage in interesting theological conversation. That's important work too. The work can wait. Or some of you busy bees will do it. Historically, people have interpreted this story as privileging one over the other, that Jesus is saying Mary being quiet and learning is more important than work. But Jesus isn't taking sides in this story. He isn't saying that work is not important. But in this moment, he's saying that Mary has chosen the better part. 
In the parable from last week's gospel reading, it ends with Jesus saying, go and do. Jesus isn't anti-work. For those of us who like to sit and talk, maybe we wish that he was, but he's not. I think the important lesson that Jesus wanted Martha to take away on this particular occasion is that she needed to be in the moment. Now, being in the moment is pretty trendy. It's a cool thing to say right now. We'll hear people say, oh, I just want to live in the moment. Some of us, I think, use that term to suggest that we want to cultivate a more exciting life. But there are many of us who recognize that we simply want to enjoy, recognize, or be aware of the day-to-day. I think that when we are in the moment, we are attuned to God's voice and to the ways that God is moving in the world. But that's not just for the sake of knowing what's going on, but also so that we can respond in appropriate ways. When we recognize God's voice, when we recognize God's presence, we are better equipped to go and do. So how can we live in the moment? How are we better equipped to experience what God is doing around us? I think that Mary and Martha give us some indications in this story by their actions. If we are going to experience what God is doing in the here and now, the first thing, or one of the first things that we do, is to be hospitable to others. Martha and Mary both extend hospitality to Jesus. The story says that Martha opened her home to Jesus when he arrived. Martha and Mary were familiar with the practice of hospitality, I'm sure. Hospitality was highly valued and a presumably widespread custom. They understood that it was their responsibility to provide their guests with with food and shelter, and they were probably very happy to do this for Jesus. But Mary and Martha not only provided hospitality to Jesus, they welcomed those who came with them. Now my guess is while they were thrilled to see Jesus, they may not have been as excited to see his posse. Jesus didn't hang with the upper echelon of society. Jesus had a rather ragtag bunch that tagged along with him. Tax collectors, fishermen, perhaps in the group there were people who had been sick. Even though they, may, they would have been well and whole now, there still may have been some stigma attached to them. Don't know if I want to get too close to that person. Even in this context of extending hospitality, Jesus may have brought some along that society would have said it's okay to leave at the door. But Mary and Martha welcomed them all. Today, for us, Jesus wants to dwell among us. I'm guessing that most of us in this room would say we desire Jesus' presence. We want him in our homes, in our lives, in our families, in our church. But when we welcome Jesus, Jesus doesn't show up alone. Jesus brings with him all of the people that society would rather reject. Jesus comes with the poor, the hungry, the criminal, the sick person. Jesus comes with the sinner the other, those who are not like us. And we are called to offer hospitality to them all. 
This isn't the kind of hospitality that we just say with our words, but keep our distance. McKeel C. Parsons writes that such hospitality calls for personal and intimate engagement in a way that a value such as tolerance does not. We are not called to simply tolerate or endure those who are not like us. Rather, the Christian virtue of hospitality demands that we engage and interact with the other. I'll admit that welcoming everyone is difficult, especially in times like these. It seems that every few days, the news cycle is filled with new stories of violence, death, hate. There have been attacks in Turkey, France, Germany, Bangladesh, Iraq, Syria, here at home, and all over the world. And as these tragedies unfold, we find ourselves engaged in conversations around the who and the why and the cause. And these conversations do little to bring us solace. Rather, they seem to cause us more fear. And when we become afraid, the safest thing to do seems to retreat to our places of comfort, places that are familiar, places that feel safe. Unfortunately, these places are often devoid of people who are different from us. If we're honest, most of our lives are structured in such a way that we can surround ourselves with people just like us people of similar race or ethnic backgrounds, people who share our faith tradition, people from similar socioeconomic backgrounds, people with similar political views. We are tempted when we are afraid to surround ourselves with the safe group, the good group, and we shun those who we think are unsafe. But now, as much as ever, we are called to practice radical hospitality, to engage with one another as both hosts and guests, to extend forms of welcome to our neighbors, and to go when we are invited. This is not an easy task. For some, it does stir up quite a bit of fear. But perfect love casts out our fears. And if we are to experience the presence of God, we must begin with hospitality. But not only do we need hospitality, we need hunger. I'm not talking about a rumbling in your stomach, although I do feel that right now. In this story, Mary was hungry for Jesus' presence. She was hungry to hear his words and to learn his way so much so that she was willing to break the social code of her time. Here is this woman sitting in mixed company at the feet of her teacher. Learning in this capacity was reserved for men. Mary was breaking the rules. She was not behaving as a respectable woman. Her presence was a radical violation of Palestinian social roles. I don't imagine that this was easy for Mary She's often discussed as an ingenue, but I'm guessing she fully understand, understood the ramifications of her actions. She had to know that Martha wouldn't be pleased. After all, they're sisters. They've grown up together. 
And if you have siblings, you know what that's like. She had to notice that others in the crowd may have been giving her a little bit of side eye. Perhaps people had labeled her as a loose woman. They were wondering why she was so open and free to be in the company of these men. But Mary refused to be cast out of the circle. She committed herself to staying right there, sitting at Jesus' feet and learning with all of his other pupils. Sometimes we need the hunger of Mary. We need to hunger for God's presence despite how it makes others around us feel. When the world tells us no, we keep pushing, hungry for righteousness, hungry for justice, hungry to do what God calls us to do. Mary didn't let the concerns of other people overwhelm her. And so when Martha came to Jesus complaining about Mary, Jesus affirmed Mary saying that she had chosen the better part and what she chose would not be taken away from her. No matter who did or did not understand, Jesus knew that Mary was in the right place. Throughout history, we've witnessed examples of people who have refused to be relegated to the roles that society assigned to them. We witnessed suffragettes in the 19th century who risked their lives, their marriages, their reputations, fighting for women's equality. In the 1960s, African Americans resisted the role of second-class citizens that had been assigned to them through Jim Crow. LGBT people have resisted the notion that they should live in secret and sit in silence without equal rights. People throughout throughout history have refused to behave in respectable ways just so that they could go along to get along. And still today, activists from various movements continue to resist roles that others deem best for them. They hunger for a more just and righteous society, and sometimes they act in unconventional ways. But we learn here from Jesus and Mary that unconventional does not mean wrong. Unconventional does not mean sinful. Sometimes unconventional is prophetic. Sometimes unconventional is on the side of justice and love. God has acted in unconventional ways. And at times God is calling the church to do the same. And when the religious establishment is wrong, when we are on the side of evil and hate, God chides us just as he did to Martha. Sometimes it doesn't come from a place of intention. Sometimes we think that we are doing the right thing. But sometimes we need to put aside our own ideas and reconnect with that hunger to know what God is saying right now. We need hospitality. We need hunger. And the third thing that we need is humility. In this particular occasion, Martha lacked humility. She assumed that hers was the right way. I want to point out that Martha wasn't doing anything bad per se. Actually, as mentioned before, hospitality was important work. It's easy for many of us to understand why she would become frustrated. 
After all, Jesus did show up with at least 12 other people. The bread isn't going to break itself. The water jugs aren't going to fill themselves. Who's going to go out and get the fatted calf for our honored guests? She's sitting around cooking, or not sitting around. She's up, moving, preparing, working, sweating, I'm guessing, tired. Her feet hurt. Her ankles are swollen. Her back hurts. And here's her sister, along with others, sitting around, talking and learning. Martha was caught up in the dictates of her tradition. But what she needed to understand in that moment was that being in the presence of Jesus was the time to hear for a new tradition. There was something more to be had when the Messiah was in your home. If he could take two fish and five loaves and feed thousands, certainly he could take what Martha had to offer. He wanted her to be able to spend time with him as well. And not only did she miss the opportunity, miss the moment to be with Jesus, but she also became an inhospitable host. Have you ever been at somebody's house when the family started fighting? That's awkward. I can imagine that other people are sitting back looking, not sure what to, what to say. She's calling out Jesus. She's attacking her sister. And the mood has changed. And not only is she thinking that she knows, but she's so proud and so convinced that she's right that she confronts Jesus. Jesus. That's how we talk around from. Jesus. Do you see me doing all of this work? How are you just going to let Mary sit over there like that? You know what? Forget it. I'm done. Okay, maybe she didn't say it just like that. But the point is, she feels comfortable in this moment to call Jesus out. Jesus, this is what needs to happen. She's not alone. Sometimes we forget that we don't always know what's best. We become so preoccupied with our work And that instead of listening to God, we start telling God how things ought to be. Like Martha, we end up making matters much worse, not just for ourselves, but for the others around us. Yes, according to the tradition, she was doing the right thing. Yes, there were probably many other occasions where what she was doing by preparing the meal was just what the moment called for. But this particular occasion called for something different. There are times where we are reminded that God may be doing something different than what God has done before. What worked for us in the past may not work for us in the present. We can't assume that just because we heard God's voice many years ago that God is still telling us and instructing us and calling us to do the same things. Sometimes we have to stop our busyness and listen and see how God is speaking and observe how God is moving. It requires humility to do that. We have to be able to say we were wrong. We have to be able to say we don't have the answers. 
We have to understand that sometimes it's okay to take a break. Sometimes we can be busy working so hard that we make great headway in the wrong direction. But God is saying to Martha, pause, listen, sit at my feet, be in my presence. Yes, there is work to do, work is necessary, go and do. But when we are hospitable, and when we are hungry, and when we are humble, we can make sure that we are attuned to what's happening now and not working on the wrong side. Amen.